0: If you'll turn back with me to our text in 1st Kings the 19th chapter. Look with me at verse 8 and 9 again. So he that's Elijah arose and ate and drank breaking his 40-day fast and went in the strength I'm sorry starting his 40-day fast went in the strength of that food for 40 days and nights to Horeb the mountain of God. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there and behold the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" The simple truth I want to bring tonight is this, that we must intentionally position ourselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We must intentionally position ourselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have become so accidental in our spiritual disciplines, haven't we? When it comes to hearing God, we don't think about it as being in a necessity every day. I've got to hear God. We think about, why well, I've got to pray and I've got to read my Bible. I've got to make sure my tithe is taken out of my check. Amen? Got to make sure that these other disciplines are done. But when it comes to hearing God's voice, we're very accidental and haphazard about it. We look at it as the if in emergency, case of emergency, break glass, pick up red phone instead of everyday conversation with our Father in heaven. Can you imagine if your kids only talked to you when they needed something? It's called teenager, right? Uh, can you imagine, though, if you had no communication at all with your kids, they never said, you know, hey, mom, that was a great meal, you know, or dad, can I help you with this? I know, I know this is maybe a little bit of fantasy for some of you. But some in this room tonight understand what it's like to have limited communication with your father. But in order to for us to hear God's voice, we must intentionally position ourselves to hear His voice. And it's amazing how when you take intentional steps to tune out the world and hear God, that you can actually hear Him. For some reason we think it's much more difficult that you have to have, you know, Prophet Rubberlip smack you on the head and you know then you get the visitation or something like that. Or you go to somebody's church and they impart something to you, give, them some of the, give you some of their spiritual cooties and you leave, you know, uh, different than you came. And uh, and I believe that only the Holy Spirit can impart to us the things that are the masters. That's what John 16, 15 says. No man can impart the Spirit. Our hands are empty. We simply operate in a symbolic role, but it's God that takes care of the impartation. Okay, here's, the, here's the, where the rubber meets the road on this. We must intentionally position ourselves. Elijah, after this great victory, I mean annihilated idolatry at least the idolatrous leadership aside from ahab and jezebel that day 952 against one 400 uh, 900 or 500 prophets of baal 450 prophets of uh, moloch and asherah moloch being the child sacrifice god Asherah being a sex cult and then ahab and jezebel so you have 952 against one they're cutting themselves trying to get their god to hear them they're going through all the gyrations of of trying to get his attention Elijah, as any good man of God with a sense of humor, began to jeer him a little bit. And then he said, after they were all worn out at noon, he stepped forward and he popped his knuckles and he says, hey, guys, watch this. God, show him. Down came the fire. Because he was a man that knew God's voice. Because we see a habitual pattern in his life of getting away with God and hearing him. After this great victory now, you know, you think you want to run through the streets flexing your muscle with your own parade float or something like that, saying, I'm the prophet now. Now, listen to me. Don't listen to these, you know, we've got 950 coffins coming down behind me. Don't listen to what they've told you in the past. Listen to, I mean, because I've got the fire that came down through my ministry. That's kind of the way the pride would have us begin to be affected in our lives. But instead, he sneaks away, and he fasts for 40 days. He begins to develop a little bit of a, that manic depressive nature. Now, God, you know, you came into this big thing, but, you know, they didn't, you know, Ahab and Jezebel are still king and queen. And, you know, he began to see the negative things. But he intentionally positioned himself away from the other things of life to hear him. Now, here's the simple truth that, that really distills this down, is that we hear God best out of context. You hear God best out of context. Some great examples. Moses. It wasn't until he was a sheep herder in, I uh, almost said Meriden, that's Kansas, isn't it? In Midian, uh, that he heard God's voice. out tending sheep. I mean, he, here he is hearing God's voice totally out of context. In order for God to use him as a deliverer in the nation in which he was born, he had to go hundreds of miles away and have God speak to him first. We see other examples in Scripture. How about Jacob? In order for him to really hear from God, well, his was one of those panic-break-glass moments. He had to ford the Jabbok and wrestle with God all night long. Get away, put his family, all this stuff aside, and just spend some time man to God. How about, what is the, the largest clearest prophetic vision in all the scripture. Give you a hint, it's near the back. The revelation of Jesus Christ, given to John, the beloved apostle. After church history tells us he had been boiled in hot oil and they hadn't been able to kill him, they then exiled him to the island of Patmos. And there he is sitting on the isle of Patmos, Revelation chapter one, And he says some of the most convicting words. How many ever just kind of felt a little too sick to go to church? You ever felt a little too sick to go to church? Well, I'd love to go to church, but boy, my elbow's just killing me. I'd love to go to church, but you know, uh, know, I just... He's tending to his wounds after being dropped in a vat of hot oil. I don't have that kind of experience. I was burned as a teenager, uh, over 40% of my body, and I'm all skin grafts and mess everywhere. But I can't imagine being dropped into a vat of hot oil. I know the type of care and nurture and surgeries I had to have to get out of that, and I had had nothing like that. Here he is now, and he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. No wonder he had the clearest prophetic revelation, longest prophetic vision of anyone recorded in the Scriptures. Out of context, getting away, focusing on the things of God. So we learn about this. You've got to get out of the rut. That's why Woodson Camp's important. Because you can hear God in this place in a different manner than you can in the familiarity of your church. You can hear God in a different way when you say, you know what? Honey, I think that we need to get a babysitter and we need to, we need to go not for some sort of, you know, vacation. We need, we need to get away and set up a tent, get a cabin, go somewhere and just seek the face of the Lord and spend a couple days in God's presence together and seek God, seek his face for our family. We love to do that on, on a yearly basis. We usually take some time between Christmas and New Year's and just spend extra time fasting and praying, trying to break away from the normalcy of life as much as is possible for us and get away and just kind of focus our life, saying, God, what do you have in store for us? Focus in the new year, get out of context a little bit. Throw our nets on the other side of the boat. We must be positioned intentionally here as well.